0: How's everybody doing out there in podcast land? My name is Matt Massacre, your host as always for Straight to the Core. And this is episode 40. Big 4-0, big milestone here for the podcast. 40 episodes deep, and it's been a fun ride. Ah, man, more to come, more to come, though. Am I right? Hell yeah. Um, This week, we have an interview with Mr. Corvus Blackwood, the one-man mind behind UK black metal band True Sovereign. And I sat down with him for around an hour uh, to ch- chat about their new album, The Doer Stone, among other things. We talked about a lot of stuff. We talked about our guilty pleasures in music that isn't metal. Um, we talked a lot about black metal. We talked a lot of good conversation in this interview with Corvus. And I had a really great time sitting down with him for, uh, for that hour and change. Um, so I want to keep this intro as short as I possibly can. Um one thing I wanted to mention and kind of vocalize a bit with you guys is I'm in the process of making a website. I have officially bought a domain name for the web sh- web website. Web, what the fuck website? <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm in the process of, of, of building it at this point And I'm want to use the website to put out music reviews, album reviews, single reviews. I'll probably do the single review, single reviews to the podcast. Now that I think about it in real time right now, but yeah, I made the website to help promote um, full album reviews and whatnot. Stuff that I couldn't have time to, to be able to fit on the podcast. I hate to have all this promo material chilling. And um, there's a lot of missed opportunities that I've kind of let go over the past year since the podcast has been established. And I kind of want to turn every leaf. You know what I mean? I don't know how to, I don't know how to put it other than, you know... Website's getting built. I'm not gonna announce the URL yet. I'm gonna wait till it's, the website is completed before I announce the URL um, to the website for Straight to the Core. Super, super excited about it. I am looking for a couple people though. If you want, if you want to be a writer and uh, you, you're interested in potentially uh, throwing me a bone here on Straight to the Core, you'll get full credit of course. Um, but I am looking for one to two people uh, that that enjoys metal as much as I do. Um, every genre, every genre under the sun, um, is available right now. Cause I get a lot of promo emails from, from, uh, record labels and PR companies and stuff like that. Um, and they're looking for coverage for the bands that they represent and it's a lot to digest. It really is. So I'm looking for maybe one to two people to kind of write some reviews for the podcast. You'll get full credit. It'll be all up on the website. Um, but if you're interested, let me know. Shoot me an email, straight2core at gmail.com. That's straight2core with the number two at gmail.com. Or send me a message on all the social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, doesn't matter which one. I'll, I'll reply in a timely manner. I try to anyway. Uh, but enough about that. I want to ramble too long because this interview is about an hour long, so I want to keep this intro to the interview relatively short. I just wanted to, to chat your ear off a bit there about the, the upcoming website I'm going to announce here soon. Um. Yeah, I got a lot of great things planned for the future, but without further ado, let's get into this interview with Mr. Corvus Blackwood of True Sovereign. Enjoy. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? My name is Matt Massacre. I am chilling here at Mr. Corvus Blackwood, the one-man wrecking machine behind True Sovereign. I mean one man because he literally does everything, right?
1: i am just that talented yeah, yeah right <laughs> <laughs>
0: so you, do you do all the face paint yourself too the, the corpse paint i mean
1: yeah um my, my girlfriend tries to it once uh but <laughs> i don't think we ever used actually no we did use those pictures were for one time it's the picture not the audio listeners can see but anything like that uh but apart from that uh one off yeah all the corpse paint is uh is my own my own, making. Your own <laughs> making oh yeah
0: so uh tell us a little about true sovereign yourself and uh a little about the Doerstone, the new album you just released.
1: Hmm. Uh well, I started the project in 2017. Um yeah, sort of Octoberish time there. I released a few sort well, I recorded a few demos and stuff that never saw the light of day. But then I released one demo called uh, Keys to the Soul, which came out in 2018, and various EPs and an album before then, but most recently uh was the Dewarstone. Stone which came out on the 3rd of June, uh, which went down very well. I'm very happy with um, the reception I got from it. Everybody seemed to uh, be very, uh, very fond of very receptive. it, uh, which is, yeah, of course, happy to hear. Right. Um, but yeah, based in Torbay, England, in case you couldn't tell by the uh, accent or the, <laughs> you know, the bad teeth. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much me. Um, yeah so the Doer stone the album is based on sort of myths and legends local to the sort of area i live within a sort of 10 mile radius really because um there's yeah i was researching stuff to put on the album before i'd even come up with the concept for anything like that i just finished releasing the first album that's called midnight in Anthemersa. uh and normally what i end up doing is you know i'll see a a sentence or something or I'll see something online. i go, oh, that'll make a cool song title and I'll write it down and then I'll kind of go from there. So I was doing that. I was doing a bit of research and I had the idea to come uh, sort of write a song about local myths and legends. So I there know, go. That, would be, that would be pretty cool. Uh, and then I, I thought, well, I, I know a few, obviously growing up here, you know, there's a few that everybody knows, but I, I thought I'd do some research to try and you know, find out the perfect song. But when I was looking, there was just so many I thought, well, I can't just pick one, and I eventually ended up being a whole album, um which I think uh, I think a lot of people appreciated the sort of almost history of it, and it's also a bit obscure right. and very English and stuff like that um I know a lot of people locally liked it, even you know in America, you know yeah, for me all I over mean, the world really people um yeah they really love that history side of it
0: because of the the doers down and, and knowing the concept behind the album like the inspiration behind the album it made me look into the history of of devon and, and where you're from hmm. and you know because i mean think about england's how long how long has england been england thousands of years
1: well uh incomprehensible amount of time right right uh, compared to americans um, of
0: just 300 years
1: exactly <laughs> well americans is as you class americans yeah, <laughs> um, right obviously you know natives and stuff but yeah no england well yeah pretty much moved up from africa through to europe and obviously england was attached to mainland europe right and, you know, right continental drift and stuff it drifted away um but yeah you know since cavemen you know yeah. people are right. living in this country so there are thousands and thousands of years of myths and legends and all the you know history all that kind of stuff so, um, of- so yeah there's a lot of inspiration you can take, not just from music but, you know like um Tolkien and the Lord of right, the Rings,
0: right,
1: yep. uh, all that kind of stuff is all taken from, uh, you know, bits from sort of Scandinavian culture, but also a lot of English uh, history and culture in there as well. So there it's a, a wealth of inspiration.
0: It's crazy how many metal bands take Tolkien as an inspiration. I mean, there's like mm-hmm. a whole subgenre of metal, just strictly whole,
1: yeah, whole subgenre even of black metal, which yeah, is a subgenre man, yeah. in itself. You have these bands yeah. who just exclusively do um, Tolkien and Tolkien related things. Even, right. you know, Burzum being a very famous example of that. Right, exactly. Right. You know, exactly. he's uh, you know, the cover for... is it Death Summit? No, it wasn't. That was Dungeons and Dragons. But I know he's done Tolkien related songs and stuff right. like that. I'm sure he's done a uh, Tolkien related album cover but maybe I'm going mad. <laughs> um, yeah, myself included. I. um I just the first album there was a song on it called A Bitter Journey to Minus Small Girl or Meaner okay, Small Girl.
0: There you go. I'm, nice huge, I'm a huge I'm a huge Rings fan, so I know that's it, yeah, that's why I yeah. like that's why but drew me more towards those subgenres of metal is because like mm. I love black metal and I found out that majority of the Tolkien themed inspirational bands around Tolkien were black metal. I'm like, Oh hell yeah. Click. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's it's very deeply integrated into the genre even bands that don't necessarily write about Tolkien's stuff they might just be writing almost taking inspiration from it without even realizing oh yeah true, um, true. which is you know it's crazy uh, I was going to do some more Tolkien themed stuff for The Doerstone obviously before it became a sort of not quite concept album concept concept album but obviously that got put on the back burner for another time
0: so in the whole in the whole recording process, when you were putting together the doer Stone, what aspect of the writing process was the hardest? Being that you do everything by yourself, what uh, when, it, uh, when, it, when it comes <laughs> to like recording or playing or writing or putting it together? Or...
1: Well, the good thing about sort of doing everything by yourself, um, especially writing and stuff like that, is usually, you know, you, you meet up with all your bandmates and you sort of go, oh, I've got these ideas. And, you know, maybe you record it into your phone and then you go into a studio and you record it there. I can just plug in my guitar directly into my computer, even if I'm not getting the thing sort of in mind right. to actually record and just sort of jam away. And then I go, oh, there's a there's a cool riff. right you go. sort of work it out that way. And almost, um and that's a good thing about Pro Tools, I know a lot of, you know, old school musicians are sort of against the whole idea. Um, but I can sort of, come up with maybe three bits for a song and then sort of put them together in uh, some sort of order and then sort of work around it that way. So um, guitars and actual songwriting in that aspect, not too difficult. Uh, Drum wise, well, everything up to and including the first album or sort of half of the first album are recorded, you know, sort of live. Um, but I was having some real technical problems when I was recording the first album just because I record drums somewhere that's not this room pretty much everything is recorded in here really? They're recorded off-site. Uh, they are recorded off site and then because it's an electric junkie I recorded into another computer getting those audio files from point a to point b was which should be a, a pretty simple task uh, ended up being pretty impossible I was just having all these sort of problems with
0: it uh, so, yeah, the album, <laughs> the
1: first album almost didn't come out because of it oh wow um but eventually i sort of um bit the bully went right i'm just going to program the rest of these drums you um you know digitally uh just to get the rest of this album out uh which you know, i i i miss having that sort of almost personalized aspect of playing them live but you know, needs must and whatnot um, right. and with the Doer stone being recorded in uh, quarantine, I couldn't leave my house, so the the whole of the Duo Stone album is is programmed, uh, drum wise. You know, as much as I would have loved to have done it uh, personally, there was a, like I said, unfortunately, it just wasn't an option. But the thing, to answer your question, um, that I struggled with the most is writing lyrics and recording them, but especially writing them because I I try my best to. Um, sort of make everything flow nicely and have some right, sort of right. rhyming scheme in there and make it make it a pleasant listening and or reading experience because obviously the thing with extreme metal you know it's the classic complaint everyone has is oh you can't understand what the lyrics mean <laughs> um, but I think even if, if, if you're reading the lyrics it should be almost sort of like a poem uh, exactly in itself um, so I while i like to think it did a pretty good job uh it's the, probably the aspect of it i, I enjoyed doing the least just sitting and writing and editing right. and all that kind of right. stuff um but in terms of mixing and stuff i i got a whole bunch of new sort of software to play around with you know recording this album that i had to the last album which i think you know, even listening between the difference between those two albums there was a, a big step up in terms of production and mixing and mastering uh, everything sounds uh, pretty professional for someone who recorded it all sat where i'm sitting now right, in, a, in a room <laughs> right
0: right uh so what what instrument did you start with like what was your first instrument you learned to write music with uh
1: first instrument i learned was guitar i studied that for well, I, I hesitate to say study because i don't know shit about music <laughs> theory right um <laughs> But I, I, I had guitar lessons for a very long time uh, because I think I was <laughs> I was in the car with my dad and I was like eight or nine and he put on a Van Halen CD. There you go. Uh, I'm just <laughs> listening to the first Van Halen album. I was like, man, I need to learn how to fucking do that. That's, right. cool. <laughs> that's, right. that's excellent. So yeah, I, um, I picked up a guitar from there on and I, I had sort of lessons for, on and off for quite a few years. And then I picked up drums partly because... I saw a video of Joey Jordison, uh, if you remember, back at Download here in the UK in 2004. Jordison from Slipknot, he stepped in for Lars Ulrich. Um, oh yeah, yeah, I've seen Metallica. videos
0: of that. Yep.
1: I saw that video and I was like, man, that's that's really cool. I got to learn how to do that as well. But it wasn't until I started Sovereign and you know, obviously being one man everything, I actually had to buy a buy a drum kit and learn how right. to do it. Right. Um, I think with drum—I don't want to say they're easier than guitar because I know there's a lot of drummers out there who are a lot better than I will ever be. Will lynch me for it? (laughs) Um, But um, it's the kind of thing that you can sort of watch a few YouTube videos of other people doing and sort of at least get the basics of what you're doing. Not—I mean, you're not not going to be like Joey Jordison after watching a a couple of YouTube tutorials. But it's it's something that I think you can learn by yourself more than say piano or guitar or anything like that. Uh, mm-hmm. And bass. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say bass. I picked up again for the album, having not really played it before. But you know, I play guitar, so it's you know, I'm not the best bass player in the world. It's a, it's an instrument in itself, but it's not a difficult transition, sort of, mm-hmm. from guitar to bass.
0: I've heard people. Some guitar players they started on bass and then
1: play guitar. They started on guitar and then mm.
0: transition to bass, or vice versa, or you know.
1: Mm. I mean, if you're doing it at the sort of most basic level, like I did, I think I expanded on it a bit more in the last album. Um, but you know, at the most basic level, if you play guitar, you can, you know, play bass, you know, at least some more competent. Right. You're not going to be playing like Steve Harris, but you're going to, you know, <laughs> with it. True. <laughs> Very
0: true. So there's, a, there's a, a sprinkle of different instruments in the Dewar Stone. Mm. I think it was like a little, in the little piano, or is that from your previous
1: album? Uh, I think that might have been. I can make me question myself. now. I think it was the first album. The first album did have a fair few piano sections in it. I don't think the the duo had. Maybe that's what I was going to. Or if it is, you... certainly not enough for me to remember.
0: Maybe I'm thinking of that that uh, music video you did
1: on YouTube. Mm. That was yeah, that was for midnight Anthem. of okay. so the uh, the title so, track. Speaking but,
0: of the piano, did you play mm. that yourself too, as well?
1: Yeah, yeah, I played that piano section again. I'm not a pianist. My girlfriend is. She's like a. Okay. I think a grade eight pianist. Okay. Um, which is, you know, sort of the highest level we can get. Uh, and I say, oh, yeah, I, c- I can play Nove- the intro to November Rain by Guns N' Roses. That is all the piano I'll ever need to learn. little home to home something, you know? Yeah, I I'll learn to play that as well. Uh, <laughs> That's funny. So, yeah, I, c- I can play it basically enough to, yeah, like I said, do the intro to Midnight Anthemosa and the other couple of piano bits that were on that album. There's a couple of bits uh, on the second to last track, the last proper track on the first album. There was a. Uh, the Curse of Valenwood Manor, um, okay. which was the first sort of properly long song I wrote, I think it's nearly 10 minutes. Oh, wow. And there's a sort of piano bridge it's going pet on style there. there. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I was listening, speaking of Steve Harris, I was listening to, uh, which made an album is it? I think it's Power Slave, maybe? Whichever one has "Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner on it. Uh, <laughs> and hearing that song, obviously, so I think that's like 13 minutes. I think that's uh, it's, it's fan- yeah that's it has Andre. this fantastic sort of obviously based on the poem rhyme with the ancient marina has this fantastic you know story being told throughout right. it, it's yeah. all these different sections and i thought yeah i want to write a song like that uh and that's how uh Curse of otherwood manor came out and eventually you know aspects of that were sort of the entirety of the doer stone it's all story based uh you know not throughout the whole album just on a song to song level right
0: so um for black metal what uh what led you to the point to be able to not really be able to but to want to write a black metal album or start a black metal
1: project hmm. um, being an edgy sixteen year old more than anything I suppose <laughs> well see this is a few years ago now, but it was I heard about black metal for years you know ever right. since I was a kid' these weird Scandinavians in makeup you know sacrificing goats and whatnot <laughs> uh, and I, I, did, I never really thought anything of it. Um, right. But I, there was this one time uh, when I was at school, you know, I was at music uh, for one of my exams. And there was a, a girl there. she was very nice. Uh, and obviously I was 16 and a male who was completely you know, incompetent in uh, the ways of talking to women. <laughs> for some reason, she was nice enough uh, or at least pitied me enough to uh, hold up conversation. Um, and we were walking back from school one day and she was she was very Christian. Like I right. said, very nice obviously it's not my thing right uh, and i was talking about music i think like i said we did music together at school uh and i think she brought talking about metal and stuff obviously christian i mean like super christian people you know not too okay. hot on the whole metal thing right. And i said oh it's not like i listened to like black metal or anything and she went oh, what's that i went it's like these weird Scandinavians who dress up and paint and sacrifice coats and shit um, <laughs> obviously, not really knowing anything about it, i didn't really think of anything of it until then um but a few days later, she invited me to go to her local church, okay. and again, me being sixteen and being invited to go somewhere with a girl, like despite me being you know completely atheist, I was like, well, you <laughs> know, sacrifices have to be made right. <laughs> um, so i I was expecting a sort of Regular English church, you know, this fantastic architecture, right? And uh, you know, you sit on the wooden pews and you have the vicar at the end and he reads his sermon, and then you go home after an hour. Um, they showed me the location, I knew there's a big sort of cathedral there, and I went, Oh, that'll be interesting. I've not been in there before. It's, um, you know, I said I'm not Christian, I don't care for it, but you know, I, from an architectural or artistic point of view, it's nice to sort of have a look yeah, around. Oh yeah, I think it I'll could agree be very, that. very sort of. Calming, peaceful places to be, you know, it's fine. Um, but I, so I they got my Google Maps out and I was walking up to it, and I walked past this cathedral and said, No, keep keep going forward. So okay, I don't know there's any other churches around here, but fine. So I found it was just a few doors down, uh, and I walked in and it wasn't a church, it was sort of a big, almost community center room, it's a big rectangular room with all these folded chairs huh. um laid out for probably about a hundred people, and a stage at the front with a drum getting guitars lined up and I thought am I in the right place <laughs> and then right. I saw her and I was like oh, okay it's you know it's not quite what I was expecting but you know it's a church you know you sit down there they read the thing you go home but it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't a regular church experience because there was a very stereotypical black priest or vicar as you know right. as he was uh, he stood at the front on the stage and he was doing the stereotypical black priest vicar sermons i'm not going to do the impression right you know, no i know you know what, you mean. what i yeah. mean <laughs> you can, yeah for sure um and in between his sermons the, the band were playing songs uh you know not sort of uh hymns or anything like that it's sort of you know christian pop rock songs okay okay uh and this went on for about three hours Jeez. i wish I, that was, I wish <laughs> oh, I was exaggerating but i really wasn't um, but every I can't remember if it was a point in the evening where they were playing a song or he was making a speech or whatever it was but the whole room just started weeping just uncontrollably. I was looking around I've never felt so out of place anywhere right. in my just... life. I was like oh man and I was wearing my Van Halen t-shirt and with skinny jeans and I thought this is I feel like I'm in a cult <laughs> uh, and there was you know there was a guy who was stood you know uh, that far away from the wall Uh, Just praying into it like something from a fucking horror movie. There's a guy on his hands and knees, just weeping into his hands, and I thought, "What the fuck is going on? (laughs) (laughs) What is this?" This So it ended, and I walked home, you know, baffled. And I sat down in my chair and I thought, "Uh, "What's all this black metal stuff about anyway?" (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I I listened to sort of Dimitri Domstarnus, and. uh, a blaze in the northern sky uh-huh. and Classics, the rest is history sure. really for sure yeah so yeah. that's the long version of the how i got versions. into black metal
0: <laughs> so you 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 made a joke about black metal to, to impress a girl and end up being a, a hidden yeah. inspiration later on in the day
1: <laughs> yeah yeah so thank you to that girl right um, <laughs> yeah she really she worked with my girlfriend years later um, <laughs> And I, she went. Oh, this, this I'm not going to say her name, but oh, this girl you went to school with I went. Yeah, she went. Oh, yeah, we work together now. I was like, oh ah, shit, that's, that's <laughs> super. Yeah, I can't yeah. have a yeah, <laughs> yeah weird weird things.
0: Um, so for, speaking of black metal, what I know you mentioned a couple albums, the Mayhem album
1: and A Blaze um, in the A Place in the Northern in the sky, yeah.
0: sky, yeah, and so. Or is just the Scandinavian? Is, yeah, excuse me. Is the Scandinavian um, black metal? Is that like your main inspiration behind True Sovereign?
1: Uh, it's not just black metal, really. It's sort of primarily Scandinavian. Yeah, I think the first album there's a bit of a Leviathan influence going uh-huh. on there. I want to say that he's a, a Yank. Uh, Are you talking like
0: about Levi? Uh, sorry, Anton Leves, is Are you talking about?
1: No, no, no. Uh, Leviathan, uh, the band, uh oh, run by band. a guy called Rest, uh, his real names. Okay. Jeff Whitehead. He's a tattooist like I am, so you know, we're, we're okay. basically uh, basically the same person except he's a little more successful than I am. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um so yeah, there's a bit of a Leviathan influence. They're the first album, uh tenths of level of suicide. I I did enjoy that. Okay. It's one of the few albums I bought on C D. Um, so yeah, that's yeah, gotta, pretty much as big of an honour as I'm going to give to any artist. Yeah, <laughs> my my CD collection is considerably smaller. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was the thing being broken thirteen is that uh, Pirate Bay was right. uh, free and readily available. So the the amount of computer viruses I got was probably worth the. Uh, my substantial mp3 music collection right and yeah. then obviously spotify happened and yeah uh, and if yeah
0: you the rest have told is history me, I, yeah. I,
1: like i said when, when there's sort of smaller bands and projects and stuff like me you know sort of the underground stuff and mm-hmm. they bring out that i'll always you know i'll buy it and support it and I'll, I'll do what i can right but in terms of like big releases and stuff like that is it's, you know i'll take it or leave it really
0: true true i mean speaking of of you know the small time Bands like yourself, like the underground bands like yourself, when when we featured the Doerstone a few months ago when it came mm. out back in back in the summer, even though it's technically still summer, whatever. Um, like, tail end oh, of summer. Not,
1: mate, it's, I live in England. It's never True. fucking summer here. <laughs>
0: True. <laughs> it's still relatively. Yeah. I mean, this week's been kind of shit, but I mean, either way. Mm. Um, back on the episode that I did with the Doer stone you know, I I said in that episode that it's been a while since I've heard a black metal album that's. Been that good you know
1: i, I appreciate it, yeah. it it's just like you know some of the some <laughs> modern me black blush? metal bands
0: <laughs> well some modern <laughs> black metal bands that you hear they put out an album they try to recreate what was created in the 90s with the scandinavian style mm, you know, the hi-fi you know looks sounds like it's recorded through a
1: fucking you know three paper grandmother's right. fucking answering machine yeah like, well i think that's a problem with sort of metal in general, I know you've got the um, sort of metalcore and deathcore and stuff that come right. out more recently. Um, but I think metal, especially black metal more than any other genre, whether we pop or rock or rap or anything like that is really sort of stuck in the past and stuck right. in their ways. I mean, obviously you get new bands like a uh, ghost um, okay, yeah. who I know a lot of people don't like, but I, I I'm a big fan. I, I like uh, old Tobias. He's, he's written some good songs. Um, See, there are exceptions to the rule, but generally, if you look at sort of, um, I don't know, at least here in the UK, uh, you've got uh, magazines like uh, Metal Hammer and mm-hmm. Kerrang and all that Zero kind of time. stuff. Uh, it's all all the mm, sort of front page uh, bands. They're all from sort of 30 years ago. And obviously, that's fine. I enjoy the classic stuff as much as the next band, but uh, it's, it, it's sort of, I don't know, it's hard to explain. It feels... Um, I don't know. A bit like the underground is a bit underappreciated, and True. it's a, the big struggle. I mean, I don't really care if I get any bigger than I am now. I just enjoy making music. But right. yeah, there are some bands out there who really deserve to be a lot bigger than they are. But because of the way that the um, the sort of metal music media is these days, it's a it's a struggle more so than it is. I think maybe in the hip hop or pop community. Exactly. I mean, I know that arguably, you know, with pop, you've got to get onto a major label, uh, which I think I was, that is the saving grace of metal is that there are a lot of bands who just go, fuck it, I'll do it myself. Right. Um, but they're a lot quicker to sort of bring out the new, the new bands. Um, but I suppose the flip side of that is with at least the pop music scene is that they're just as quick to forget the the new bands and you get, you know, maybe the a few singles or maybe right. an album if you are lucky out of them. And then five years later, you forget about them. Right. Um, i think with maybe hip-hop it's uh a little more friendly in that way yeah um yeah you, you, you know you release uh your your mixtape and you know you, your fan base tends to be a bit more loyal i mean i'm not into that sort of music you know I'm not particularly either. yeah but um you know, a little just bit from but yeah, a little bit. Um, a smidgen,
0: just a smidge. Smidge, very much. Yeah. <laughs>
1: well, i I work in a tattoo studio, so I can't just have black metal playing all the time. True. And, uh, true. Colleagues who probably wouldn't appreciate that. So there's probably 50 hip hop and sort of rock and metal. Right. Well, the only um, reason so I get like, exposed to, to m- it. Go ahead. No, no. Carry on.
0: No, so the only reason I'm exposed to it is because my fiance, she doesn't really listen to metal. I mean she Mm. listens to a little bit, just basically what I expose her to, but ninety nine percent of the time she's listening to the top forty stuff on the radio and of course, yeah. Whatever's popular. So whenever we get in the car and drive somewhere, if we're taking my car, nine times out of ten we're listening to metal. If we take her car, Mm. nine times out of ten we're listening (laughs) to, you know, Taylor Swift or something, or you know. Yeah. So the only exposure I get after I hear it enough, it's like, Well, this isn't so bad.
1: I mean (laughs) Yeah. That is like my stance on it has uh, softened, I suppose. I mean, I know a lot of people, you know, maybe yourself included. Uh, when you're sort of in your teenage years, I mean, I'm only 21, but when I say teenage years, I mean like 13 into sort of right. 16. You're like, yeah, pop music sucks. Uh, sort metal, yeah. Um, whereas my my stance today is, more, yeah. It's- it exists for a reason people listen to it and enjoy you know i don't but i'm not going to go out and rant on it about the internet about how awful it is true, <laughs>
0: true. <laughs> yeah my my musical you know because i'm probably 29 this year myself and mm. uh so my musical taste is kind of i find myself listening to bands that i didn't care for in high school that i enjoy now mm. you know so it's just
1: uh, it's yeah it's weird i had Of (laughs) a sort of rediscovering of Black Veil Brides uh, this past week because I I bought their second album when it came out in like 2011 Mm -hmm. uh, because I saw the music video for uh, Fallen Angels on Kerrang! I was like my god this is cool as fuck. So I bought the (laughs) album, I listened to it for about a year and then suddenly uh, I realized that they're actually really uncool why the fuck did i give them my money <laughs> and i put this. them down i made fun of them for about 10 years after that and then i put on uh a song off that album the other day as sort of a joke you know i was driving in the car with my girlfriend and i was like shit i actually quite enjoy this <laughs> <That's> kinda, <laughs> so that's... i've been listening to that album the last week and now i, I say it's a bit of a guilty pleasure now yeah there are for some sure. bits that are definitely very 2011 and very cheesy right. but like it's uh some bits do genuinely hold up quite well right
0: <laughs> yeah, like I find myself going to different genres that I never gave a chance, you know like mm. uh like emo e- emo emo bands or like pop punk and stuff like that mm. Like for me i was such an it was such in a box of just it's got to be metal, I can't listen to anything else but metal yeah, but, no. you know and then that box started to slowly deteriorate, and uh you know now my playlist is pretty pretty sporadic
1: <laughs> My yeah I, very similar case with me like I said I obviously working in a tattoo studio there's a wide variety of songs that get played in there. so it went from being pretty much exclusively either black metal or like 80s hair metal which I get like Pretty much the two completely opposite ends of the metal spectrum. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but I think, I think I just like my metal to be over the top in some way, whether it be like hairspray and makeup or corpse painting and sacrificing goats. Right. Um, but now there's like you know uh, fucking Huey Lewis in the news and. <laughs> celine dion and shit on my playlists okay. um who, oh, shania twain that's another big one there you wow. go <laughs> I fucking love shania twain, man. uh so yeah the the spectrum has definitely been broadened uh since i worked in that shop which right. is you know it's good it's a good thing
0: it's good because i get sometimes i'll be i'll listen to too much of one genre and i'll be like all right i need a break i need to fucking what's mm. next
1: <laughs> you know mm, yeah but and that's the thing with black metal for me is you know obviously while i like it and i make it uh, well like it's a bit of a soft I you know it's a big part of my life You're right um, but I, I have to be in the mood for it these days you know when I was 18 I could listen to it all day every day and I wouldn't right. care uh, but now I'm you know a few years older uh, and it's primarily uh, you know bands like Poison and Cinderella and stuff like that uh, and then when I'm feeling it, I'll, I'll stick on those Black Metal records. And I don't enjoy it any less, but I sort of listen to it less frequently less. Than, I, than I would because it's one of those things I really do have to be sort of in the mood for. i right. go, yeah, fuck it. I'm going to listen to some Dark Throne or whatever.
0: There you go. See, I find myself, when I go back and revisit some of the bands that I enjoyed growing up in high school and stuff, I won't listen to them for months. And then I'll go back and they'll appear on a playlist or appear on Shuffle on Spotify or something. And I'll be like, oh, shit, I forgot how much this kicks ass. It's been a while since I've heard this song, you know?
1: Oh, yeah. A hundred percent, yeah. And I suppose the only downside of, like I said, working in the shop and you're listening to music all day, every day, mm-hmm. is that you end up listening to the same music all day, every day. And so, it's you know, you're constantly trying to find new things because, you know, you've listened to that Def Leppard song six times already today and it's just been right. like going around on a loop you <laughs> right. need to find just something else <laughs> right exactly
0: i found myself recently my my genre of choice has been like classic rock i don't know why but like
1: oh, sorry the uh, audio went out, the audio went out
0: but i was saying that um uh, yeah yeah the the genre i find myself stuck in recently is classic rock i don't know why
1: Mm. <laughs> uh, like seventies sort of stuff. Yeah, like, or, like late 70s. I mean, classic rock's a bit of a loose term.
0: It's true, like like Ted Nugent, and Nazareth, and and, Fog, uh, my, and Yeah,
1: Ted, like that first Ted Nugent album. Yeah. My girlfriend dislikes him just out of principle, but well, you know, yeah. there was some. He did some good songs, like <laughs>
0: right. Like I was at a, a yeah, and also a I was—I was to say—I was at a resale shop because I collect CDs, as you can see them in the background. Yeah, as I can see.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> but I was at a resale shop last weekend, and I found six Nugent albums for a buck
1: each. I was like, "Score!" <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent. I've been meaning to sort of expand my Nugent listening uh, knowledge, I suppose, because like I listened to that first album a lot, mm-hmm. um, but I never really sort of moved past that because you know I'm listening to all sorts of different stuff at a time and sometimes i listen to one album from an artist and then just never get around to so progressing past right. that but i'm meaning to sort of make my way through those you know 70s and early 80s albums um but yeah and no, like i said that first album has had some you know apart from stranglehold, stranglehold obviously I being, mean, you know, one of his most famous songs <laughs> yeah. uh but like snakeskin cowboys that was on that first album mm-hmm. that was really yep. good uh hey baby i think that was on that album that was, you know, I think that was so, yeah. um. That's difficult with that sort of a track list in front of me, but um, right. yeah, there was some stuff on there that I did really enjoy. That's uh, one thing. Was in go ahead. Um, there's a supergroup in the late '80s called Damn Yankees. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, with it was Ted Nugent and the guitarist from Styx, whose name I don't remember. Uh, the singer yeah. from Night Ranger and the drummer from Lynyrd Skynyrd uh yeah Ted Nugent's the only one of those names that I actually remember but there a couple <laughs> of albums which get which get clowned on like just relentlessly but I I secretly quite enjoy them
0: see that's one of those bands now that you mention them that's one of those bands that I've heard of for years and years and years but mm-hmm. I've never taken the time to actually listen to a song I mean I might have heard a song just didn't know it was them
1: but I've never yeah they, they had a big song called coming of age uh, which I think It was probably the biggest hit, really. But there was a song on it called, on that first album, it's called Here Something Comes Again. I can't remember it. Um, Here I Come Again, that was it. Uh, And it's probably got Ted Nugent's best guitar work in it. It's got this absolutely fantastic solo. I mean, everybody also points to Stranglehold. But the guitar solo in that song is worth listening to that album for. Just by itself, because uh, you know, people think Nugent being obviously a sort of classic rock, sort of, almost sort of country rock mm-hmm. vibe, a bit slower, a bit more bluesy. Right. But you know, he fucking shreds on that album. He yeah. really he gives oh, yeah. it 110. percent I think he's a better guitarist than people give him credit for. Yeah,
0: hey, I think people now when the, when people hear the name Ted Nugent, they just think stereotypical American.
1: <laughs> yeah, just, 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 just the, the Republican Party personified. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: That they they forget, you know, how great of a musician he really is.
1: Genuinely very good, yeah. Hmm.
0: Um, so, do you have any future plans for the Dewar Stone to kind of get back on track with with what you got going on?
1: Uh, yeah, we've we've taken quite the tangent here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Dewar Stone. I when I've got some money, uh, I, I might print off some, you know, a limited run of CDs. There you go. Uh, I did sort of put out some feelers on the internet, you know, on my Instagram, and Facebook, and on Bandcamp, just sort of seeing what the demand for it was. And then there's there a bit of stuff, so I might do a limited run, maybe, because I'm still, I'm off work at the moment with, you know, my job and, you know, the, the virus that shall not be named. Uh, yeah, right, no kidding. Shit. Uh, so I'm still waiting to get back. <laughs> uh, but when I do, and I've got some money, I might print off a, a limited run and go. do that. But I have a meaning... It's coming up to the first anniversary of the first album, uh, and I was umming and ahring about whether or not to uh, remaster, I suppose, but kind of go back and sort of touch up some of the production that I might have left a bit half-assed the first time around. There you go. Um, Because especially up until the last album ready production i was like yeah i'm a musician it doesn't really matter I, I did it enough for it to sound sort of all right and left it at that but now as i said earlier i've got this new crazy software and stuff to play with and i'm a bit more competent in pro tools because it's one of those things every time you log into pro tools and it's learning more and more ways to use the program all these shortcuts and all these different cool things you can do it's one of those things i'll never learn how to use all of it to its absolute maximum efficiency right. um but I, yeah, I think it'd be nice to revisit that first album and sort of touch it up and maybe release it as a separate uh, separate version of the album, maybe. Yeah. Midnight <clears throat> Anthem 2.0 or whatever. But that, yeah, so that might happen. It might not. Keep an eye out on the uh, on on social media and see what happens, I suppose. I'm excited, for sure. Because I mean, like
0: majority of that album you have on your YouTube channel.
1: Uh, yeah, no, the my distribution company, all... Uh, all my music is posted through you got like the true sovereign topic youtube channel and i have got um i do have a youtube channel i don't really upload to because like said, all the music's uploaded to youtube on a separate channel anyway okay but yeah there's the music video for the the title track on that which i and i was never planning to ever make a music video but i got a friend who was studying film uh yeah studying film it's um college okay and one of like, my, my other friends came down from where even though know, he's you know he's in the uh, in the army and he came down for a weekend then he went well ben does film and you are a musician so why doesn't ben film a music video for you and I went, like a, a class yeah, project or you, something no, not going to right yeah um, so yeah. i thought well it's mutually beneficial so yeah we recorded that um but will i ever do another one probably not but no. um, it, was, it was a fun experience. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you could say you have a music video out there. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> some something,
0: something that you did, you know, twenty years from now you can look back on it and be like, wow, that was a good day.
1: <laughs> yeah, my my grandchildren can laugh at me in the future and go, Jesus <laughs> Christ, look at the state of this guy. Um maybe like you see those pictures of your parents from like the eighties and you right. see their mullets and the shoulder pads, you're know, like, Holy shit, look at the state of you.
0: Right. It's
1: gonna be the same thing, but it's gonna be like oh, look granddad in his stupid fucking black and white makeup <laughs> dancing around in a forest.
0: So, what did your grandpa do? Oh, he was a war hero. What did yours do? He wore paint <laughs> on his face
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> well yeah if i if, if I get big and famous enough um they well they'll still be embarrassed, but um, right. at least I'll have the money to back it up. <laughs> right. How
0: would you get those shoes? Oh, my grandpa wears paint and makeup. <laughs> And he's yeah. um, really successful at it. So yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> so speaking of shoes, I, a few years ago, um, I got given by the landlord of my local pub uh, a pair of cowboy boots and a pair of Harley Davidson like riding boots, which I wore in that music video. So oh, there you go. Free <laughs> shoes is best shoes, even <laughs> right. if they're. 20 years old and smell like old pub there you go, there
0: you go. <laughs> free is free right
1: <laughs> man i can't argue with free that's that's uh, what makes humanity so great you know right. yeah if you're offered free shit regardless of whether you need it or not you got to take it
0: well, speaking of free isn't the doer stone free right now at Bandcamp?
1: Doerstone is free it was well not only the doer stone everything i've ever released okay. uh, it was supposed to be free until the 3rd of august and then i thought well you know what like I might as well leave it free. When I say free, I mean, you can pay money. It's, it's on price, like a right. name your price kind of basis. So right. you don't have to pay anything for it if you don't want, but um, from a sort of band camp perspective, you know, to any potential buyers out there, this is, uh, this is for you. Uh, even if you pay like 50 pence towards it, it, it puts your name under people who've, you know, supported the album and it boosts right. it in the sort of band camp algorithms and stuff like that so even if you're you know a couple of pence it's, it's uh all the support i need really you know i never i never expected to make any money from it and i certainly spent a lot more money on the project than i'll ever make back <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, all right. yeah even even if it means that you can put your name saying that you supported the album um and also if you leave a comment under the album cuz you know you go onto the Jewelstone page and you go you, or any page on bandcamp and you can see what people have written mm-hmm. about the album you know whether they love it or hate it or whatever uh, it's always nice to read those comments uh, right. so yeah like said if you've bought the album or you like it or you really hated it and wanted me to let me know how much you disliked it uh then write a comment under the album page and i'll give it a read and i'll either laugh or cry depending on uh, <laughs> Dep- on the review you give it <laughs>
0: It's funny. Um, so how long? I don't think I covered this, but how long from front to back recording the Doorstone? About how many months did it take you to put that all together?
1: Well, it wasn't until quarantine that I really sort of knuckled down and did it. But I I started working on it in one way or another. I think the day after the first album came out, I started working on the album cover. Um, which I painted on an iPad. In fact, this very iPad right here. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's all a digital painting that I sort of edited and adjusted right up until sort of the the last minute before the album came out. Um, So I sort of worked on some riffs on and off until lockdown started properly. Uh, And then it was, uh, lockdown started in March here in the Mm. UK, and then it came out in July so that gives you a sort of rough estimate okay. of the okay. time scale. and you hear these stories of like van halen going to a studio and recording women and children first over a weekend right or uh burzen with their you know Varg's first album he wrote oh, yeah. it in well he recorded it in like two days right. um which is obviously crazy but from that perspective you know you know take van halen they've got you know studio producers and people coming in and making coffee and uh, mm. you know setting up all the equipment and stuff like that and they have right. all the songs pre-written uh, whereas right. I sort of write things as I go along so if you've got everything pre-written you've got a bunch of people sort of doing all the boring technical stuff yeah you can absolutely well maybe not so much these days but certainly uh, Twenty, thirty, forty years ago, you could go into a studio and record, you know, over a couple of hours and have a finished album.
0: With, speaking of, really like Black Sabbath, you know, they put out like four albums in seventy-two or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, something absolutely <laughs> nuts. Um, but that is one thing of having um, sort of multiple, people. well, uh, more than one person in a band is that you have other people to do the the the, the boring stuff as much as as much as you do. Right. Uh, cause I, I enjoy playing guitar and you know programming the drums and stuff i can take or leave it's you know i don't hate it but i don't t- you know find great enjoyment out of it right. um but then it's just like the the editing and pro tools and then the mixing and the the mastering and all that dog shit that is just it takes years off my life every right. time i have to do it like writing <laughs> so- the
0: music and playing it is the easy part
1: <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. But the rest of it is just so tedious, right? And like photoshopping all the artwork. And there's a good thing about the, um, like I said earlier, I'm a tattoo artist, but I also uh, I studied graphic design and art at college. Um, okay. So that gave me, a, you know, a, a good understanding of graphic design and how Pro Tools works. I mean, I use Pro Tools beforehand. But, you know, there's a couple of little tips and tricks in there that you know, I sort of picked up over the couple of years I was there. Um. But yeah like I said like some some of the photoshopping promotional stuff I quite enjoy and other bits you know you're only like sixth draft I'm sure you know the same thing of when you're putting stuff together for thumbnails and stuff yeah oh yeah you like sixth sure. draft of you know this thumbnail or this banner or whatever and you don't want quite write right and right. you just want to fucking die oh, move the yeah. move
0: the move that yeah particular font down just a hair because it's too close to the edge yeah. and you
1: yeah. move it down you're like, that's not quite right and you yeah. move it up a bit and you go no nah, maybe it needs to be a different font and You change the font and go, now nah, the that's first one was small. better <laughs> yeah it's too small I and mean, maybe maybe if you try the top right hand corner instead of the top left hand corner and all that right. you know
0: and you rearrange that's, that's everything dumb. to the point that you don't you forget what the original one looked like did you never saved it because <laughs> you're too far ahead of yourself yeah i've been there
1: yeah and then you have <laughs> 60 saved fucking right pro, uh, photoshop files of the same thing <laughs> saved onto your hard drive just taking up all your space right ridiculous
0: yeah, yeah. no for me i mean obviously not a lot of, there's not as much that goes into producing a podcast as there is an entire album but mm. for me when i record each episode it's the same way like recording it and and putting it together is the easy part it's, it's editing my my vocal track and and you know putting everything in the right spot and making sure everything sounds great nothing's peaking nothing's you
1: know that's yeah. the annoying part yeah, and with together, vocals as well, uh, I think uh, in some ways a lot harder to mix, whether it be on a podcast or an album than anything else. Because guitars, especially with a sort of super you know, extreme metal, whether it be black metal or death metal, they almost sort of compress themselves yeah. and they don't tend to peak too much. Uh, and with drums, the drum software I use is pretty much all mixed for you, there's very little you have to do. But with vocals, trying to get those all level without any you know big spikes or any bits that are a bit too quiet, uh, you make sure everything 's nice and clean and crisp, um, mm. or you know in my case you know sort of distorted and dirty is it 's probably the biggest learning curve I had uh, when it came to making music i 've tried if you, you know if you listen to well sort of through the true sovereign discography, you can see all these different sort of experiments and different ways I've recorded vocals to sort of see what works and what doesn't uh, but I think with the with Do A Stone I sort of got to a point where I'm like yeah those, those vocals are pretty much what I was aiming for uh, and that's part of the reason why I wanted to go back over the first album the vocals in terms of for production mixing i think were quite hit and miss depending on what song you were listening to especially because i sort of mixed everything very last minute and they went yeah that'll do and sent (laughs) it out to the distributors and i listened back to the title track because the title track on the album is different to the single version i released okay Uh, the production and instruments were still i had to re-record bits of it um yeah because i mixed the vocals really last minute uh, and i sent them out and then i listened to it like a few days later and i was like i really (laughs) did that vocal track dirty man that sounds absolutely horrible but it was too late the album had already gone out to be you know spotify and stuff like that so I Mm -hmm. well fuck i'm here now right um so yeah uh, like (laughs) yeah
0: okay um so is there anything in the future planned for True Sovereign? Are you just kind of concentrating on the Dewar Stone for now? and
1: All right, well a bit? With a with real bands, this would be the time they'll be going out and touring and sporting it, True. but I am just a man in his bedroom, uh, so I'm not doing anything like that. Uh, so yeah, there, there'll probably be stuff in the future. I wrote a riff the other day for the first time since the album came out, um, but I, whether it goes to True Sovereign or my side project, a uh, little plug there, the, uh, the Corvus oh, yeah. Blackwood band, uh, which I released one single from, it's called Sweet Lady Desire. <laughs> Man, I can't even remember my own fucking song <laughs> names, so this is embarrassing. Um, yeah, Sweet Lady Desire. And that came out like a couple of weeks after the album came out because I, know, I was writing you know, this big creative wave mm-hmm. from the stone being released and everybody going, oh, this is really good. Um, apart from the Russians, actually, they really didn't seem to like it. So I went on oh. a few sort of Russian forums, um, you because know, you know it's not like Metal Hammer are going to be writing any reviews about it. So I sort right. of Google it to see what sort of reception is getting over the internet, and on all my Spotify stats, you can see where people have come from to get to. Your page and your album, mm-hmm. and your music and whatever. Right. Uh, so obviously, with the power of Google Translate, there, yeah, the, the reviews in Russia. I, I'm not going to be touring there anytime soon. Let's say that. Was there really uh, any the,
0: black metal that comes from Russia to begin with? Yeah, there's
1: a big black metal scene Is in there? Russia, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, I don't really listen to any of it because oh, okay. well, it, it sounds stupid saying you don't understand any of it. But um you don't understand. It's, it's a understand language it anyway, I'm right? completely uh, <laughs> unfamiliar with. Uh, you know, for a black metal. Well, you know, that's a, ignore that, that's a stupid argument, because I listen to Tark and that's like all in Norwegian so no, <laughs> that argument is null and void <laughs> ignore ignore that, I didn't say that, that was, I'm making myself sound stupid um, but no, I don't tend to listen to a lot of it um, yeah, I'm,
0: I'm very disconnected from the black metal world, I like the genre I love the genre, hmm. it's probably one of my top five favourite genres but like, I don't get enough exposure to it, because it's probably partially my fault, because I don't go hunting for it either
1: yeah, that's know? the thing with the black metal, you have to wade through a lot of crap to get to sort of the few. Well, I'm mean, say a few. There's a lot of good stuff out there, but there's equally as much not good stuff out there. So right. you have got to sort of pick and choose. And you know, if you throw a dart at a bunch of albums, there's a sort of fifty-fifty chance it'll be good or not. Uh, because as you were saying earlier, there's a lot of those bands out there who try and recreate the magic of those uh, early '90s albums. Right which it, it it doesn't have the same sort of charm that those albums well, can, do.
0: Yeah, I can understand how they're trying to pay homage. and, 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 and you know.
1: Yeah, I think there's a difference between sort of paying homage and not being very creative. Right.
0: They focus more on getting it to
1: sound that way than actually... More focused on being cult. Right. Uh, and with being true black metal. With a V. Than, yeah, no cults with a V. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah more focused on that and the image and being true black metal than they right. are actually um writing, writing good songs
0: solid <laughs> black metal right
1: <laughs> yeah i mean to be honest i probably couldn't name any of these bands I couldn't either. Either. and even if i could i wouldn't because i'm not here to you know shit on anyone's music True. Um, true. but yeah it's all the forgettable i think might be the better word than you know straight up bad because um, i so yeah. can't remember any of the, the more questionable black metal that i've listened to over the last few years um yeah I'm, you know i'm always sort of coming across new bands whether they be underground or you know even bigger bands that i've sort of skipped over and then not got around to actually listening to mm-hmm. mm. um but yes yeah, so back to the question Yeah. going off on a lot of Yeah we, we, evening, we've been doing that the whole time <laughs> Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> sorry have how podcasts it's Just good conversation you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um so yes back to the original question yeah there will be another um true album at some point like i said i wrote a riff the other day whether it goes to the corvus blackwood band which i've been meaning to write more music for but it's such a it's more of a sort of well like i said earlier it's with me it's either like extreme black metal or like 80s sleaze glam metal, so it's more on the glam metal spectrum than it is on the black metal spectrum, but it's such a different discipline to writing black metal. Uh, It's a bit of a a shock to the system trying to write something that's catchy rather than something that's sort of atmospheric, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Um, And I am by no means a great singer, um, which is a bit of a problem. And like I said, I'm too (laughs) stubborn to ask for help so i'm gonna i have to work on that before i do anything too crazy but yeah there will be another true sovereign album and there will be a chorus Blackwood band album at some point in the future but uh, i think just writing and recording the uh the last album in like i said you know doing it by myself in a a very short space of time just for you know one man who sort of knows what he's doing but not really Mm -hmm. um it, it like took every ounce of creativity I had left in my soul. So I'm going to sort of wait and recharge, uh, get the creative juices flowing again, and you know listen to some more good black metal. That's probably a, right. the best way of getting me sort of in the mood is when you find this really good band. They're like, man, they're fucking great. Like, right. I need to get back to writing my own stuff.
0: Something that's really going to be like, okay, where's my guitar at? Yeah, just- exactly. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, Speaking of guitars, I made... A guitar specifically for the Doer Stone because this is just how high budget that album was. <laughs> um, when I say that, I got given some guitar parts by my dad. Uh, he went, "Yeah, hey, you, you like guitars, just uh, make a guitar." So I took yeah. some of those parts and I bought other bits and I sort of made this Frankenstein of a creature that's sat behind where the camera is now. Um, so yeah, it's got these. It was I built it to be that really sort of harsh and nasty mm. black metal. Tone, it's got these EMG. Uh, I can't remember what the name they are, they're like the Zach Wilde special okay.
0: edition okay. EMG
1: pickups. Um, but I don't know if it's my questionable wiring slash building skills or what. Um, but the the um, fuck the bridge pickup, like where the tremolo arm is, sounded too harsh and distorted, regardless of how I was playing it. So that whole album was recorded using the neck pickup, which is unusual for a, okay. for a metal album. So it's, it's usually the, you know, the humbucker that gets all the love and attention, mm-hmm. but I recorded all of that album with the neck, with the neck pickup because it sounded better, um, especially throwing in all these uh, layers of distortion and, you know, it's black metal. So there's all this reverb, and, right. you know, sort of delay and stuff running through the guitar tracks. And with that album, well, recording any album really, especially metal, you don't just record a guitar track and then maybe a rhythm guitar track. I record the um, you know guitar track one, and then I send that to the left, you know, the okay. left speaker, a guitar track one point two, whatever, and then send that to the right speaker, and I do that twice so there are two guitars playing the same thing running to your left headphone and two guitars playing the same thing running to your right headphone and that'll be like your, your lead guitar and then do the same thing for rhythm guitar uh, just to get a, to get that stereo effect and b mm-hmm. to sort of build up the layers and it just sounds a lot bigger and more powerful uh which is a, a pretty common way of doing it these days uh you can do it with vocals and stuff as well and bass um but with vocals, uh, there there are some there were definitely bits of it that were um, layered to give it that build up, but it wasn't as intricately done as the guitars because, uh, like I said, I'm not much of a vocalist and I don't know a great deal about it. So mm-hmm. I sort of did the best with what I knew and what I could find on the internet. It's um, some,
0: it's it's some of those things that that you find by accident, like like the issue with your pickups that just happen to make the sound of that particular album, that particular yeah. album, you know like yeah. like another not black metal but like pantera mm. like like Dime he would tune
1: half a step down just to Yeah it, yeah you know I um I recently tuned my other guitar uh down to well down a whole step um for the Corpus Blackwood projects it's a it's a Kramer with some Seymour Duncan pickups and it says so you know the most 80s guitar you could ever <laughs> right. fucking buy and a lot of that stuff is recorded in recorded in d instead of e so i thought well fuck it i've got a better tune this baby down to d for the first time since i bought it mm-hmm. um but the problem with that guitar he's got a, a floating tremolo on it which um for people out there who might not be uh, super into their guitars they're basically the bit that the whammy bar attaches to it, it's okay. not bolted down it floats using sort of springs so it sits in place so you can bend it up uh and get a higher pitch or you can bend it down or oh, it it's the other way around you can pull it down it goes lower and then bend it up and it goes higher okay got, um but okay. and it uses tension from the strings and the tension from some springs in the body of the guitar to keep it level but when you detune your guitar the strings they uh, they got less tension in them so that tremolo bar will sit too low and then if you so you have to adjust the springs in the back bit to get it high and then if I want to tune it back to Wii it's going to be too high and I'm going to have to adjust the springs it's a t- pain in the process <laughs> it's, uh, mate, it, honestly it takes I, I, you know I'm confident at guitars and there are people out there who can do it you know bloody quickly mm-hmm. But because um, I've done it so little um, it took me about an hour maybe two hours to get it done Oh wow! Uh, and I also I think I had to change the weight of the strings on it because I had quite beefy strings on it and then I had to go down to some really thin like billy gibbons strings um or is it dusty Rhodes? whichever the guitarist from fucking zz top is you know? yeah, yeah. lightweight gibbons, yeah. strings uh it's, no, it's not just a wrestler it's that's dusty a wrestler i always get those two confused it's dusty hill oh, no. that's funny. Um, yeah he plays with really lightweight strings um so i put some really lightweight strings on that because you know even the gauge of the strings will affect how high or how low the this floating tremolo will sit um yeah so i built that guitar especially for that album it took me quite a while it was sort of a working project for a long time a project within a project a project within a project yeah (laughs) Uh, well i bought it without it was just going to be a guitar and then Mm. i started making this album and i thought well yeah i recorded the first album with that kramer which you know is a fantastic guitar and plays you know really nicely but i thought it's not you know it's not cult enough for for a black metal (laughs) album so i'll make my own that is is as black metal as you can get you know making your own guitar to to record an album right that's as diy as you can you know you can possibly get so i i I changed the changed the project mo to uh making the most black metal guitar I could on a budget, um, which is what I did.
0: There you go. If it works, it works, you know.
1: <laughs> it plays like shit, don't get me wrong. It's absolutely, <laughs> it's absolutely horrible. Uh, but that's that's part of the black metal charm, you know. Right. Um, exactly. Exactly. It's a bit of a... <laughs> it's a sensitive beast. Once you play it for a bit, you kind of get the hang of it. But there's... Um, it's got its um, foibles, if right. you will. right. Mm, it's a guitar with a lot of personality
0: there you go hey there you go yeah, i was saying you know like i said about the Dewar stone and kind of to kind of go back on what you mentioned before about the underground bands mm. um finding it hard for the underground bands to find an outlet you know or a, a lane if you will and that's kind of the reason why i started the podcast is when when you reached out to me i can't remember how we initially made contact
1: but uh, i think i messaged you so, uh um, okay i think you put up a saying does anyone want to be on a podcast and i went fuck yeah okay. <laughs> and that was kind of how it went that's how uh, you know this is, is good it's very good to have you know people like you and there is uh i got some friends at uh heathen heart records okay uh, which really sort of helped me out when i first started the project i think they were sort of starting out the same sort of time i was and it was sort of mutually mutually beneficial uh, you know he released my stuff on his uh youtube channel and gave me shout outs on instagram so it's a big shout out to heathen high records follow on instagram and facebook and youtube and all those things he's a he's a really sound guy
0: there you go all right there you go (laughs)
1: there's my good deed for the day
0: right 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 well i personally like i said i love the doer stone it's it's a fantastic album um it's on pretty heavy rotation in my daily listening ah, sure. yeah, it's, uh, it's as big a compliment <laughs> as I can ever receive so thank you <laughs> but uh, we've been talking about an hour so is there anything yeah, you an want to already Jesus yeah. Christ anything important you want to end with shameless uh, I, have a, I
1: have a list of things that I could have talked about uh, I think that's covered pretty much everything really yeah. um, is there anything else oh yeah just follow me on social media people please i'm begging you i need, I need that instagram clout <laughs> i need to i need to be up there like i've got metallica in my site so i want to have more instagram followers than them right so it's uh, at true sovereign and true is spelt with a v or is it at true underscore sovereign i, just, I don't, know. I don't I, maybe, know maybe maybe um you'll be true kind of to...
0: one word it's, i got it pulled up here in my in my in ah, the see there
1: you go you know more about it than i do <laughs> um so yeah, give give me a follow on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and well, I always, fun stuff.
0: I always share um, every time there's a band that on on our social media. I'll mm. I'll tag the bands and stuff. So if you're for those listening, if you have trouble finding Mister Corvus Blackwood's project True Sovereign, um, it'll be tagged in our post. So just click on it, give him a follow, give him a like on Facebook, and it amazes me. Speaking of 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 uh, wanting social media clout, if you will, quotes in there. <laughs> um, you know, I I look at, at bands like yourself and musicians like yourself, and I'll see, or you guys, to reach out to me to be a part of the podcast, and I'll look at the social media and see how unknown but amazing, like the 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 amount of music like the how do I put it into words that make sense, <laughs> the level of talent versus the output of knowledge to others is yeah appalling
1: (laughs) oh yeah and that's i think it's problem with sort of social media and stuff is you got this you know so many um you know, different bands going, you know, look at me, look at my page, you know, I'm I'm good. Give me a follow. It's it's easy just to sort of ignore it and go, ah, it's just another one of these bands. But you know, if take your time to look at them, not not necessarily just me, but you know, you see a little black metal band or anything like that on your Instagram explore page, give them, give them a a look. Um, But yeah, there's a band um, or another project like me called Uh, They're from Texas. Okay. Uh, And we have sort of similar sort of Instagram following, give or take a hundred followers or something like that. And the the disconnect between his, I mean, he's a really good musician. He's genuinely very good. Um, disconnect between his social media followers and the amount of plays and stuff he gets on Bandcamp and Spotify and stuff like that is crazy. You've got all these right. people who listen to him. He's very, very good. But, you know, that social media presence just isn't, very little, you know, yeah. is, isn't really there. Which I think is, you know, it's very strange. That's my ages. second good deed of the day. Yeah. <laughs> Follow Samira on Instagram. He's very good.
0: There you go. And it's just it's crazy the the, the digital age, the, the ebb and yeah. flow of, of everything is, is insane. It's you know, yes. so hard for for musicians like yourself, especially in a un I wouldn't say unpopular but un
1: unrecognized un- potential. Right. <laughs>
0: but you know, like especially yeah. in black metal too, you know, it's 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 not the most popular genre in the world.
1: It's very hard to get into, and I do accept that, because I had a hard time getting into it um, uh, with my story earlier. Um, it was a little more complicated than that, but there's only so, so much I can talk about, uh, right. you know, weird church experiences and shit like that. But it did take me, it's a very abrasive genre, and it did take me a good few listeners of several albums to mm-hmm. sort of oh, yeah, have sure. it click in my mind. Sure. And go, ah, that's what it's about.
0: You know, I would listen to one one. Metal, black metal band then be like oh related artists over here okay mm. click <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. or you know, <laughs> especially well back then it was it was yahoo music and that was yeah you know, in high school there was youtube was around but it wasn't as utilized as it was as it is today absolutely so a lot yeah. of the music videos i watched was on yahoo music of all things and uh so you watch Man, a music that's... video and then there would be little related links like it is
1: on youtube but it was Yahoo. yeah yeah uh, it's before <laughs> my time my friend i grew up in the youtube age <laughs> yeah right
0: Like so youtube like 2005 2006 2005, i think yeah, yeah. i it think started. that was even before that that was like 2002 2003 so i don't even think youtube was even a thing yet to be honest
1: no yeah um but
0: uh yeah so it's crazy how much music has grown in a sense of outlets but it's also i feel like it's it's great for music because there's so many different ways you can listen to music but now in turn it's harder to get noticed because there's yeah so exactly much it's difference.
1: easier to find music from a sort of listener's perspective because like i said you've got all these different you know bands going look at me look at me and you sort of just click at one at random and they might be good or they might not be um but again again from the from an artist's standpoint you've got all these bands you've got to compete with and be right. like no look at look at me okay, first I'm, right. I'm really good i promise
0: right so it's, 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 it's good for, for your ears, but not so good for the people that yeah, yeah. music to play in your ears, you know, so, so it's a double edged sword. sword. Ha, there you go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was funny. Um, but yeah, I appreciate you being here. Um, uh, thank, thank you so much me. for being on for the second installment with true sovereign, a third, cause you guys are a part of you guys as there's part more of, than one yeah. of you you
1: <laughs> guy yes New guy you were we had uh i, I was on the uh compilation yes the compilation yes and, and the, listen to that if you haven't already it's right. where, there's a lot of good bands on there speaking of bands you should listen to yeah. all of them just just listen to all of it the it's great thing. if you've already listened to it listen to it again
0: Bandcamp. it's worth your time. bandcamp.com free 99 100 percent free
1: 100 percent free <laughs> always it's will the be Best kind of music
0: and uh <laughs> but yeah i appreciate your time and, yeah,
1: uh, maybe i'll be back for a fourth installment oh, yeah, at some sure. point uh and like i said i'm i'm not exactly busy at the moment so uh, <laughs> at some point if unless everybody hates me uh <laughs> I, I may well be back <laughs> right. i've got more stories um
0: <laughs> oh, yeah well again thank you so much for uh taking an hour out of your day i know it's probably getting late for you now uh
1: it's 10 o'clock here no, that's in the so uk that's, that's not okay. too bad i have yeah. a the night's still young for me at least anyway.
0: right <laughs> well thank you so much corvus i appreciate your time and i'll hopefully talk to you soon about yes uh, indeed some future stuff
1: yes it's been a pleasure indeed <laughs> bye-bye bye-bye
0: man what a great guy that was corvus blackwood the one-man mind behind the UK black metal band, True Sovereign. And I believe I mentioned it in the interview, but this is their third appearance. Quotes in the air. Third appearance on the podcast. The first appearance was uh, about a month. No, longer than that. Two or three months ago, uh, where we featured quite a few tracks off the Dewar Stone. And then the second appearance was we featured the first track, the Sepulchre. Sepulchre? I said that right. Um, but we featured that track, the first track off the Dewar Stone, on our first compilation album. And uh, I'm going to get into a compilation here in a second, but I kind of want to piggyback on this interview re- real quick. Um, I am going to be uploading the video version of the same interview onto our YouTube channel. So if you're interested in putting some faces to the voices, by all means, search up Straight to the Core Podcast on YouTube and give that video a view. Um, speaking of YouTube, I am trying so hard to reach 100 subscribers, so if you have not had an opportunity yet to jet over to our YouTube channel, please, please subscribe to it. I have learned a lot about YouTube since making the channel for the podcast, and if you listen to past episodes, it's pretty common you're going to hear me bitch about how I hate the YouTube URLs, so it's not, you know, just youtube.com forward slash insert band name here, but I learned how you can do that. A channel has to reach 100 subscribers, and then YouTube will allow that channel to make a custom URL. So I'm trying so, so very hard to hit that 100 subscriber mark so I can make that custom URL for the podcast because it makes it so, so much easier to promote. Instead of telling people just search up straight to the core podcast, I can give them the URL, youtube.com forward slash probably straight core pod because that's what it is across the board for everything else that's attached to the name. So yeah, if you haven't had a chance, please, please subscribe. I will love you forever and ever and ever. (laughs) But kind of circling back to talk about the compilation I just mentioned, I put a Feeder post out there a couple days ago on our Facebook page. I think it's time for Underground Outlet Volume 2. And I want to throw this out there. I got about 9 to 10 bands confirmed so far, but I'm looking for more. I am looking for more, and if you didn't by chance get to see that Feeder post on Facebook and you're in a band or you know somebody in a band that would be interested in being a part of our second compilation, please let me know. I try to make it... A standard to try to get around 20 bands per compilation. About halfway there. Um, it's still young in its infancy. Obviously, the title is Underground Outlet Volume 2. I don't have any artwork made for it yet because I want to get all the bands confirmed. Um, but I'm about halfway there, like I said. So if you're interested, get a hold of me. Shoot me an email, straight to core at gmail.com, or get a hold of me on the social media platforms. Like I kind of mentioned that in the beginning as well, uh, about getting a hold of me. I'm usually pretty quick to reply sometimes or weirder than others. Depends on my work schedule and how late I want to sleep during the day. (laughs) Um, But I usually get back to you within the same day. May not be instant, but you'll get a reply for sure. I promise you that. So yeah, if you're interested in being a part of Underground Outlet Volume 2, let me know. Let me know. I would be more than happy to add any band. As long as it's metal, of course. Any band, the compilations are never genre-specific. I try to make them as unique and eclectic as possible to kind of have every ear that's tuned to metal listening to these things so that way all the bands get, you know, some love and hopefully gain new fans in the process. At least that's the plan anyway. Uh, but, yeah, super excited about doing Volume 2 of the Underground Outlet series. Uh, many, many more to come. And, uh, yeah, that about do it for Episode 40. Of the podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in this week. Um, I got some big things planned for next week. Stay tuned to the social media for announcements on that. And as well as announcements on that, stay tuned to the social media about the new website. I hope to have that done by the end of the week. Depends on how my work schedule goes and how much free time I have um, here towards the end of the week. If not, Hopefully by the beginning of next week, I'll work on it a lot over the weekend, and then I'll announce the URL of the brand new website here soon. Thank you all for listening. I love you all so very much. Thank you to Corvus Blackwood and True Sovereign again uh, for being a part of this episode. Stay safe out there. Don't do anything. I don't do anything. I don't do anything. I wouldn't do. How the fuck do I say that at the end of the episodes? I don't remember. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's it's late. It's late. I need some sleep. <laughs> you guys all have a great one. I will talk to you next week. Actually I probably should end it like alright, let me rewind. Let me pause. This is the worst ending ever. <laughs> I'm Forty episodes deep. Gonna hold of yourself, Matt. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> oh, I need a nap. <laughs> okay. Start again. Thank you everybody. I love you all. Stay safe out there. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. My name is Matt Massacre. Have a great night.